big training camp. Oh my gosh, my Instagram, my Twitter, my BR at we're going wild because training camp has begun, Sims. Man, you are loud. Hold on, let me turn the volume up. Holy cow. Turn it up? Yeah, Whoa. make me turn louder, Turn it down, buddy. I mean, excuse me. Uh, we're both wearing our shirts. You got on your Sims 70. I yes. got on my Whoa Big Off season. We yes, just sir. took some photos for the website for Ooh. people to buy. Damn, I look good. Uh, had a few meetings this morning about the Sims and Lefko football fantasy league. Uh, shout out to Meatloaf. It's going great. Way and, to go, uh, Meatloaf. How was your weekend, pal? It was good. Um, we need of, to start doing Friday and Saturday shows. Lot of, you yeah, down? good. Yeah, good. Good. Yeah, Billy Report, just pay me a million more and I'll come up. No problem. You're getting a million. A million. Sorry, I didn't mean you didn't know that. Damn. You're getting ripped off. I'm screwed. <laughs> uh, what'd you do this weekend? Anything uh, good? No, nothing good. Just lots of family crap, really. Other Were you than keeping that. up with training camps? Uh, yeah, of course. I mean, I don't ever not be paying attention to that stuff or, yes. or, or at least like if i'm sitting at home having the nfl channel on watching like the camp you know run oh, around i was watching like that. one of the training camp things in atlanta one i get really excited when i watch that uh, roof open it's pretty exciting that's big news down there yeah huh? but like it was just weird they was I just watch i usually turn off the volume too i don't even want to hear what the people it's, are saying they're not great i just i don't i just want I, I feel like uh you know we study this this is what we do and we're um, really in the weeds we are we're very much in the weeds and I, I really just watch the camp stuff to go oh let me see what this guy looks like oh look at you know look at matt ryan throwing a football look at brady throwing a football right i might hear a little context of what the conversation is by but look once at it starts big getting ben too stupid, and how skinny he man looks. yeah good good for we, him we wanted big ben to be skinny this yeah. is a great beans not beef but ben roethlisberger been working out with a personal trainer this offseason that's like whoa Big off season, like that's genuinely surprising to you. Like, I'm he cut gonna... carbs and sugars from his diet, yeah. and said, "quote I feel better than I felt in a long time. I'm definitely lighter than I've been the last seven, eight years. My joints feel great." Yes, and I, I'm just like Ben was probably drinking milkshakes after every practice. I, I and this is going to sound like I'm taking a shot, and I'm not because mm, this guy's awesome, and I think he's in the conversation for one of the ten greatest quarterbacks ever. That's yeah, how good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I would really question whether when the last time Ben's worked out, like literally like, yeah, he might do the gassers from time to time with the quarterbacks or whatever they got to do. But like Ben squatting or power cleaning or doing anything negative ghost rider. I think it's, I think Eli, Ben Flacco, all those guys, they got now they got to work out to maintain it. And how many times are they going to be asked? You know, Tom Brady's approaching forty, and he's in like the best shape of his life. Well, I know I heard people too bragging on Brady though towards the end of last week too about like Brady's bod. Like, his oh yeah, body the picture the with his shirt off. Okay, he's forty one. He's not like perfect. Yeah, he's not sculpted. You know, people forget with quarterbacks, it is very hard. There's a fine line. Okay. All right, I'm the, gonna play devil's advocate. Yeah. Here. Okay, but there's a fine line, and uh, you know. Being lifting, being in shape, and also being this ripped up, oh, super freak looking of a guy, you don't see any quarterbacks that look like that. My issues, Dak Prescott, Carson Wentz, but these are young guys. My thing would be, it's not the exercise with Brady, it's the diet. If I was so strict that eating tomatoes was bad and the only ice cream I ate is avocado, if I did that for three days, I'd feel like I'd have Brady's, I feel like I'd have abs. 
Yeah, you no, know what you, I mean? You wouldn't. So that's just just then you wouldn't. After three days, I can tell you that you will not have abs. I'm if you just saying healthy. that Brady's been doing this for yes. years. Yes. And he kind of had the dad bod. But yeah, he is. is. I, I know. He's 41. I mean, isn't he 41 this week or maybe 41 so, yeah. in the coming, coming days? I'll be hearing about that a lot. Yeah. So, um, I mean, look, when I look at a guy like Brady or Roethlisberger... You're more ripped than Brady. Well, definitely, yes. I mean, that's without a doubt. Is I that mean, just jeans? No, it's not jeans, but I, Barbara, I also probably... I'm a little more old school where I would lift weights like that a little bit. Like, right. you know, Dak Prescott and Carson Wentz, like you brought them up. Yeah, they're jacked. They're younger. They're naturally really big guys. Like, yeah. I don't think they'd be that far off if they didn't lift weights and they did okay. nothing. You know okay. what I mean? They're just like that in general. Better with their shirt off. Eli or Brady? I would think Brady. Okay. Yes, right. I, I would. Uh, I, I don't know. I've never seen. Better the shirt off. Brady or Case Keenum? Ooh, I'm going Keenum. I've been going Keenum too. Yeah. Yeah. Athlete. Right. Athlete. Yeah. He probably has a little, little chest. He definitely has I like some legs. The shirt off game. This it, is it, it is pretty good. When you get into the quarterback <laughs> one, I mean, we know Car- we know Cam's gonna win. You know Garoppolo Gar- is ripped. I would think ripped. Garoppolo. I've is seen a picture ripped. in June's article in BR. There you go. But I would think that's pretty natural. That's a guy that's just okay. like in shape, does a little lifting, but he's not in there like body sculpting. Yeah, I like guess I got to compare him to the old, older old people. Yeah. But anyway, get back to Ben. It's it's exciting. Yes. Because he's been able to do this without really trying, which is incredible on its face. Incredible. Ben's yeah. a phenomenal thrower of the football, and yeah, I just think this is going to be. Uh, it's going to help Ben with movement in the pocket, getting out of you know danger's way, and then yeah. just buying himself a hair more time to to find people up and down the field. Better with their shirt off. Yeah, uh, Ben or Kyle Shanahan. Uh, I think Kyle. Really? I think. I mean, Does I Kyle don't know. have abs? You think? I mean, not anymore. He used to. He used to be pretty ripped, actually. Yeah. Uh, yes, but I mean, man, I, I don't think Ben. It doesn't look like Ben's done a sit up in a long time. <laughs> Uh, speaking of Kyle, uh, Kyle got a care package from Lil Wayne. Uh, Compliments of the Sims and Lefko podcast. No problem. Put it on my dab. Uh, yeah. So he gets it. They, he sent him some signed stuff. Uh, Lil Wayne included a message that said, I've only named one of my sons my name. The right. fact that you gave your son that name is amazing. Yep. Sent Carter some stuff also. Right. Uh, did you see what Kyle said in the presser, though? I did see what did he said. Did you hear what he referred to you as? Uh, just some guy on a podcast. Someone on a podcast. Well played, Mr. Shanahan. Well played. He couldn't have called out Sims and Lefko? Yeah. He could have been like, this podcast I listen to all the time you know, with my best friend, Chris He's still Sims. an NFL head coach. Okay. Right? And they're always trying to squash parties or squash themes or overall conversations. And he, he also said it was messed up. Yeah, I know. Did I know. you think it was messed up? Uh, I didn't think it was messed no, up. No, it was not messed up. And, 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 and I know what he means. I mean, yeah, did I share some of his private information yes i did to a degree but i also know him well enough to know that i could share that and he wasn't yeah. going to get really mad it humanizes him i think he does he loves the fact that he did get an autograph from little wayne certainly he's a truly a huge fan so um, but he's still like just getting back to that like yeah, the yeah, presser yeah, yeah. you know what we're seeing we're seeing a transition in coaching in my opinion for the first time like the belichick like curmudgeon days see you on wednesday right like we're that's over and if there is that curmudgeon, like, you better win in a hurry or you're going to get fired. Like, there's no mm. way. The, 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 it's seen as not relating to your players. Exactly right. And there's a buzz about people like Kyle Shanahan and Sean, Sean McVay. Exactly yeah. right. Because of that. They can relate to their players. They get it. They understand how the internet works. They don't always take themselves too seriously. Yeah. They can answer a playful question. And uh, I know Kyle, he probably just didn't want to fan the flames and say our yeah, name yeah, and yeah. have another article written about, you know, our friendship. And I get that. 
When I read it, someone sent me the transcript at first. And when you read it, that's funny when you always have to see something before you read it. 100%. If you read it, you would go, oh, wait, is he mad at me? Like... That's yes. why I like to read the quotes, though. You do? It's, yeah, because it's a lot. It's like, it's like guessing, like, let's see what he meant by no, this. It's a, it just seems a lot more intense. Yes. Like, I actually think, and we're going to get to this later, uh, what Dak said about the anthem stuff. When he first said, he's like, oh, never protest, whatever. It was more of a stutter into, like, I would n- never protest, like, about that than, like, I'm never going to protest. But when you read it, it says never protest, period. Yeah. And you're like, wow, that yeah. carries weight. But that's the thing right Right now with social media, what these coaches really aren't realizing, what a lot of people don't realize, that little quote gets put on Twitter and then everyone runs with that. Yes, Before right. you, no one's listening for the video. Right. You, the team should be putting out the videos themselves. You're right. That's what the Niners did with they, Kyle Shanahan. Exactly right. Uh, I am. So we are going to be going in about a week or two to go shoot some stuff for our new show, which is going to be on YouTube, which is really just the Sims Lefko podcast. And it's like all the cool parts of it, and it's going to be every Wednesday during the NFL season. I hope I'm not giving too much information. But we're hoping to sit down with Kyle, Yeah. and I'm just curious, if I put on a little Wayne song, could I turn it off and him still get all the lyrics? Yes. Really? Oh, he's he is an aficionado of Lil Wayne. Yeah, he is. Um, I want to get in the Tesla with him and just let him he's, go. Uh, he's a little way expert. And there was a time and place where, which he told about his story about, you know, the Carter and the Carter two and how he grew up with that because he was at that time the bitch boy for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and breaking down film. And as you so know, he would just listen to, he'd listen to that while he was doing his thing. And that got him. What did through. you listen to? Uh, like when you were doing the Patriots? Oh, nothing. I'm not a listen to anything kind of guy. I'm really? not. I'm not a earphones in the gym. Anybody see me work out in the gym? Nothing. It's called reality, and I'm right there in it. Okay, that's where I am. Okay, right in reality. You're right, Lil Wayne. I mean, Lil Wayne, Lil Kyle Shanahan, Lil Kyle, <laughs> Lil uh, Kyle. At his press conference, he was like, "Oh yeah, one and two was great, and I'm still waiting on five. You know, blah, blah. and I was like, "Oh damn, you're really." Oh no, he's obsessed, and he could certainly. Throw out some lyrics without a doubt. I mean, line for line, just about we're gonna every play big that, song. We're going to play that game with him. Yeah, I'm going to read him a Lil Wayne lyric. Like he's going to finish He it. was so annoying about Lil Wayne back in the day. Like, he was the guy that was like, oh, oh, oh wait, did you hear that verse right there? And he'd replay it. And he'd replay it. it. And he'd like have to sing it along and with And he'd a, say it slow. He'd be like, right, I put right, it where I do right. it. Yeah. He'd, he'd go through all. And then and then he'd get <laughs> done with that part and fast forward to the next song. And you're like, man, that song was only 30 seconds in. Can we keep listening? Uh, one other thing that happened on Wednesday's podcast that was in last week, you said, they're probably going to restructure Julio's contract, get him more money. They did just that. Hey, thanks, Way to man. be the Oracle. Thanks. Proud of you. Thank you. Uh, now he's getting 13.4 this season. And right. He's still underpaid. Still underpaid, right. There's no doubt. I mean, the people that are in front of him, the Mike Evans, the DeAndre Hopkins, they are not Julio Jones. No. It's not a disrespect to them. It's a little bit like, though, Taylor Lewan just got a major contract. Uh uh, the guy from Atlanta, Jake Matthews. Yes. I can't believe he's being paid like them. He's a good tackle, yes. but he's not Taylor Lewan. No. But it makes Tyron Smith's contract look really look small. ridiculous. Because Tyron's in the 12s, and now you got Solder from the Giants, uh, Lewan and Matthews in like the 15s. Right. And I'm going... Tyron's probably the best out of all of them. He, I mean, if he's healthy, yeah, if he's healthy, I would and say Lawan's probably number one. So Lawan is in the conversation for the best left tackle in the sport right now, and and, a, and two, he's also 
what I think a guy like Mike Vrabel and GM John oh. Robinson, the Tennessee Titans, love. Did you see how he came in for his press That's conference? I, well, I didn't even see it. But I just know a mean left tackle that sets the attitude for the offensive line and the offensive room together. Like Guys like Vrabel, I think, and a John Robinson look at that and go, like, they're, they're, you can't put a price on that. So they love that. Um, you know, the Tyron Smith deal, too, left go. What was that? Ten year? That was a ten year deal, right? Wasn't what? it? They locked him in for that That's long. That's what huh? they did. They got him wow. for the low and locked him up forever. Do you want me to look that up, or are you going to do here, it? Here, well, I wanted to show you the Taylor Lewan entrance. And if you watch this on YouTube, you can check it out. But here's Taylor Lewan entering. Here, give me a little audio here. Or do I have it muted? He comes in with, like, here, check this out. He has the rest of the offensive line come in with him. One of them's holding a groundhog. So the whole offensive line's with him, and he comes in in a full white suit with a hat and a cigar for his new big-time contract. I did not see this. Look at him. He's like, uh, I don't even know. Like the, It's like Boss the show. Hog. Is that, That's what he called. Boss, yeah, it's Dukes like from of the back in the day of Dallas. Or, yeah, right, yeah right. Dukes of Hazards. He was Boss Hog. He came in there like that. That's unbelievable. That's a, to have a left tackle like that. Also, think about Tennessee Titans offensive line. They're always there for the National Predators games. Like They are truly in the community. Like You want to pay guys like that. Yeah, and, they are. And Lawan's the guy, when there's a fight, Lawan's the guy holding it down. No doubt about it. And, and and to be able to do something like that, you know what tells me more than anything right there, just from seeing that clip of him walking out in a white yeah. soup after he becomes the richest guy in the team? Yeah. Tells you how much the team loves him. It tells you that. Because it's not dividing the, the team. The head coach didn't care. The offensive lineman took part of it. Yeah. They let him go out there and kind of make a fun spectacle because that's who he is and they know he's all about business. Those are the things I love to see. Yeah. And it's great to see a guy who's got a little edge about him, but he's really good. And yeah, he's been kicked out of some games and done some stuff like that. Got rewarded. Huh? Isn't that funny, Odell? Isn't that? Odell. Odell, Odell you're going to get paid. Odell, please take the tail of the wand transcript. Did and you see the video of, of Odell running into a guy and getting contact in team drills? I don't even get I, I, I almost vomited. It makes me cry. Tyrone Do- Smith, eight-year deal for $97 million, just to let you know. That looks so small compared yeah. to these other guys. He got swindled by Jerry. Jerry Jones. Jerry Jones got him eyes down and look. Hey, Tyron, it's Jerry. <laughs> Jerry. Jerry Jones. We're going to uh, do you a favor. Man, well, we're going to get to that. In a I know. Bit. I'm just, well, he did do him a favor. I'm not trying to even oh, of course, start of that, that subject yet. Jerry is just Jerry. Jerry uh, is Jerry. Uh, some other contract stuff. Peter King, in his article on the new NBC website Football today. Night in the Football, Football morning, morning in America. Football morning in the do, States. Do, 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 he agreed with old Lefko here. Oh, did he? He said, I think this Aaron Donald holdout could last into September mm. easily. Yes. He wrote easily. Right. Indomitian Sue came out and said that Aaron Donald is, deserves a lot more money than he got. Yeah, that which that, is a good teammate, great good teammate, teammate good great teammate. teammate. And Indomitian Sue's been paid, so he can appreciate where Aaron Donald yes. is and be real, real about it and secure in his own self to go. Oh no, he's better than me at this point of his career. He deserves to be paid. That there's two things that I think that play into this factor, right? Um, first of all, Aaron Donald in this kind of conversation, right? You both, we could both agree. If he signed to be the the richest defensive player in history, we'd have no problem with Makes that. Sense. But that's a big landmark to make. Yep. And to be asking to be paid the highest paid defensive player in football, teams are they're like, oh, you're awesome, but man, we're actually going to have that next to your name, yes. the, the richest defensive player in football. The other thing I think that can slow down progressions there is, damn, they got some motherfuckers on that defense, and they're not going to be that desperate for anybody because they're 
going to just look at their team and go, well, we got some ballers out here. Right. We're not like totally demolished. Also, when you're a defensive tackle, it's not like Sam Darnold, who just got a new contract where you have to learn the offense. Aaron Donald knows what he needs to do. Yes. Aaron Donald will stay in shape. If Aaron Donald gets cleared two days before the season, I think it's fine. Yeah. Would they rather he's there? Of course. Yep. But him and Khalil Mack, I think Aaron Donald more than Khalil Mack, it's an easier transition. Khalil Mack, just because it's a new defensive coordinator, yes. Aaron Donald with Wade Phillips, he knows his responsibilities. It's, it's, you're exactly right. There's, there's no worrying there from the front yes. office. They're not like, oh, is he going to remember Wade's call when we call the 3-4 defense next year and call you know the Sam Mike Blitz? Like, yeah, he's still going to remember. That's fine. You're right, Khalil Mack, there is more there. There's the unknown. He has no relationships with these coaches yet. They'd like to get that all started they're trying to set a new culture yeah. in Oakland with him I do think that deal gets done for like the opposite reason we're just saying with the Rams first of all I don't think Khalil can ask to be the highest mm. paid player in NFL history he doesn't he's have the hardware be, he's going to be has. right up there with it don't get me wrong yeah um, but if they don't have Khalil Mack, that's exactly the, the Raiders point. defense exactly falls apart. Exactly right, Lefko. That's the point where they're going to just go, man, we're an average defense to begin with. Now you're not going to get Khalil Mack, our best player out yeah. there, our best player on our team, period, out there. That's where I think it gets done at some point. And our other man crush, uh, the Texans are going to let Jadevian Clowney play out his current deal. Yeah. I want Clowney to have 15 sacks. Oh, I hope so. The fact that I still see people that don't give Clowney the respect that he deserves. Yeah. He is not only in the conversation with Mac and Donald, mm-hmm. I could argue that he's better than Mac and Donald in certain parts of the game. I, I, I certainly think... He ragdolls people more than those two he, guys do. Uh, yeah, I would say he's... Right up there with Mac. He is. He's more disruptive, I think, than Mac is on a play-to-play basis. He's yeah. not as gifted as a pass rusher no, no, as no, Mac, no, no, no. you know? But you're right. And He's like if Olivier Vernon was also yeah, like a true athletic freak. Yeah, just like yeah, quicker, longer, yeah. All, all that. Um Jadeveon Clowney is a special specimen, and Lefko, you're right, and we try to straighten people out here. He's one of the best defensive players in the sport. And two years ago, I, I would have argued he deserved the NFL defense MVP. And I know in that year, yeah. I think he only had like six and a half or seven sacks, but that doesn't mean crap. That's he That is was the, the year they went to New England. Right. And, yeah. he, and, 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 and the, remember, and in the wild him. card game, he returned the interception against the Raiders for a touchdown. Yes. He did all kinds of crazy Remember that shit. John Ross play, he ran down John Ross yes. and caused the fumble and yes. ended John Ross' season. 4-2 John. Ross. He is the epitome of what we talk about fuck with our fuck up. the play up stat. He kills it. But I'll say this for his instance here in his case, I'm, I, I understand the Texans where they're going here. This to me is different than Odell and Aaron Donald. Yeah, because of one. He's had some serious lower yes. body issues. Yes. You know, the Liz Frank injury, the knee issue that sounds like it's bone on bone. I get it. I so get it. that they're gonna make him see if he can go one more year of right. showing he can be healthy. When we were about to start the podcast, Sam Darnold didn't have a contract. Now he does have a contract. Yeah. But the issue that they were fighting over was very interesting, mm-hmm. which was if they cut Sam Darnold. Right. Sam Darnold goes, no, I want all that money to be guaranteed. And the Jets were kind of making it seem like, well, this is our backdoor clause. If this doesn't work out, if you don't pan out. If you're a bust after two or three years, we we can cut you. Yes. Right. And we don't have to pay you anything guaranteed. And then I heard there was also the talk of like the double dip, what they talk about. Where where, like if you get cut and then the Browns sign you, that you get paid by the Browns and the Jets. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. And my question, though, is you get drafted number three overall. Mm Mm-hmm. In your words, by a team that's been waiting for you for two years. Right. And 
the entire PR afterwards is the new face of the New York Jets, the new face of the New York Jets. And then your agent comes to you and goes, listen, they're worried if you don't pan out. They don't want to pay you later. Uh, to me, it, that's got to be hard as an NFL athlete or any athlete to be like, wait, I thought you guys said I was the face of the franchise in the future, but right. you're not sure. I know. And, that, and then that's where they use it against you, your love of the game and things like that, where you just go, oh, the hell with the finer details. Let me just get out there and play because I got to get about my teammates and start leading the team. And then three years down the road, you go, man, why did I sign that? Just like Julio Jones is doing. Damn, I tried to do something right for the team and they don't do right by me. So right. why would I do that? So, yeah, Sam Darnold, I'm glad he they drew a line in the sand and said, no, this is what players have to do. Like, Baker Mayfield, I think, was did wrong. Did he get the deal he wanted? No, Sam Baker Darnold? Ma- Sam yes, Darnold? Sam Darnold got it fully guaranteed yeah, Baker, from everything I read. Baker, I guess, was just so happy to be the first pick in the draft he that he got rid it. of that language. Right. And, 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 you know, again, Cleveland, it's, they've had that issue there. It's been dicey where they've let quarterbacks they've drafted go after the first two rounds. In yes. fact, their first two first-round quarterbacks they've had, they did the same thing with them. If there's a team that you need that language in the Exactly. This is the Browns. Or the language of what I've also heard is like suspension came up with like Sam Darnold. If he got caught, you know, let's just say in a car with somebody with an open beer. Well, we've seen this day and age in the NFL, it doesn't really matter whether you're guilty or not. If the NFL thinks you're guilty, you're guilty, and then yeah. you're going to lose guaranteed money. So that's bullcrap. But back to your point about what you said about Sam Darnold and like the Jets. So the teams, I guess, are going to take no liability for their work and anything they have to do anymore. We can pick whoever he wants. He's a bust. So what? We don't want to be liable for it. You had, you've been, the Jets knew they were going to draft a quarterback for two freaking years. Sam Darnold was at the top of their list. So now he's going to get there, and if he becomes a bust... That's their fault. They should have done the research, and that's what that's what happens as part of the sport. So I'm glad he got it fully guaranteed. Yeah, the 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 whole thing uh, with Sam Darnold and and Baker Mayfield was interesting. But the other contract that's going on is Roquan Smith. Mm-hmm. So. Roquan apparently wants the Bears to say in writing that they will not take his guaranteed money, seventh pick in the draft to the Bears, if he's suspended as a result of the new helmet rule. Right. The Bears apparently do not want to set a precedent in this, hence a holdout. Like, they don't want to start something that changes the league. But I completely understand from Roquan, Roquan and his agent's perspective, this helmet rule sounds real up in the air. And to hammer at home, there was a number of quotes that came from the Eagles yesterday because mm-hmm. the Eagles brought in officials mm-hmm. to say, explain to us this. Right. Nigel Bradham, great linebacker for the Eagles, had a great year last year, explained that him and his teammates felt underwhelmed. Quote, we were trying to ask questions to get a better understanding, and they couldn't give us an answer. Right. They couldn't give us what we were looking for. They were told, listen, if we see it, we're going to call it. And the players are like, well, what do you see? And they're like, it depends on the official. This is just me talking. Four of the best officials just left, and now we're going to bring in this this subjective call. I watch college football on Saturday. Every time, it's 20 minutes in slow motion. Was he bracing for impact? Was he leading with his head? And now Roquan's going, if I get suspended for this, and there can be language that you take my guaranteed money away. That's not okay. And I and the fact that Dave Wanstat came out and said he needs to be in the camp. 
Why do we never interview the players that were screwed by the team? Why do we never interview the players that were in former holdouts with the front office? We interview a guy that was not that great of a coach, and we take his word for gospel that he should be in. Dave Wanstead hasn't been involved in the Bears in more than five to ten years. And yet it says it, and then the fan base goes, Roquan's being selfish. He needs to learn. How about the Bears support the player they drafted, admit that this rule could be flimsy, and go, you know what? We're not sure how it's going to go. We got your back. Why is it never that side? It's always the player is hurting the team. He should be learning. Well, the team who's made $255 million in revenue, you can handle maybe paying them a million dollars. Yeah, right. I don't know. You're I, investing in the future. I, I, I don't, you know, and yeah, I. it's just this new rule. All right, there's a lot of Let's here. start on the ho- the, uh, the, the, Ro- roll, yeah. the Roquan thing. I mean, he's a middle linebacker. And, yeah, th- w- what it sounds like right now is, you know, he could tackle somebody like he's tackled somebody 9 million times in his life, and all of a sudden they can just throw a flag and go, oh, you used a crown of your helmet, you know, and we're going to take you out of the game and you're suspended for a week or two. Oh, no more guaranteed contract. What? Like, no more guarantees? That that just that can't happen. I'm sorry. Uh, it really Too much can't. on the line for someone's opinion about what you were intending to exactly do. Exactly right. To avoid a total guarantee or whatever that may be. Listen, if they want to put clauses in there, like if you get arrested on the, you know, and do things like that, I understand that. But because of a rule change and your middle linebacker and it's being used against you, I don't see how that works out. And this rule change too, I, I don't, I don't get it. I don't think anybody gets it at first. First of all, did I hear right about Malcolm Jenkins? Right, that they're saying in that same meeting, they were saying that. I believe that somebody in the meeting was saying his hit on Brandon Cooks in the Super Bowl, he could have been kicked out of the game. If if people get kicked out for that hit right there, I am going – I mean, they need to just stop the NFL. They need to stop it and just go to flag football and just stop right now. Forget it. I, I will I, I will kill the NFL if this is the shit they start talking, like refing and stuff. I won't be able to hold it back. To me, uh, that would be just crossing the line so, and on, so outs- Outside fan perspective, I hear that. It's it's funny because it gets turned into you don't care about the health and wellness of the players, but we're debating intent, whether or not you were trying to hurt. Malcolm was just hitting the guy. Right. That's what happens a lot of these times. You're at one level and then all of a sudden the guy ducks down and gets lower and all of a sudden you go, oh, it was helmet to helmet contact. You're not allowed to do that. And the defender did nothing wrong. He was on the same playing field and same level field of trying to hit the guy the whole time. And the offensive guy is the one that lowered down to that level to make it helmet to helmet contact. So, yeah, it's... um, yeah, it's concerning. I, 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 I'm really this interested This is legitimately see. something that's piquing your interest in going, this could be really bad. Oh, I, I mean... It, it would just be another thing that with the NFL that I am not going to want to talk about next year. I'm going to want to talk about the games. Right. And this is going to be... It's going to, Anytime it happens, it's going to be leading everybody's newscast. I feel like it's the NFL did it totally for propaganda to make just the public go, we're making safer. Right. But they don't really know what, what it is. It was just like it sounded good. We're going right. to lower the, no more lowering the crown of the helmet rule. It sounds good. Sounds good. But there's no definition. And, and, and man, if pe- people start losing games over this and stuff like that, oh my God. All right. I want to lighten up the mood a little bit. I got some photos and videos from this weekend that I want to show to you. Okay. Uh, first one, George, don't worry about. Okay. So, yeah. This guy right here. What's his name? Damn, Sammy Watkins. It took me a second. <laughs> right? It took me a second. I knew he had his hair chopped. I did read that. Um, but holy cow, it makes his whole face look different. It, it I'm glad he changed me. it. 
Are you? I you are done with the dreads. Yeah, he needs a new look. He hasn't had any good luck with the dreads, really. I mean, I know he got $15 million a if year. If I had dreads, I would never get rid of them. That is your identity. It's like when Tory Smith got rid of them. Right. I was like, I don't know who you are anymore. Oh, my gosh. You know my theory. I think dreads make people look faster. Yeah. Because I think you have a trail. And so, like, your dreads go left because you're right. So it's like, I don't know. It makes I you look faster. I think he said it. I saw the quote. He said, what am I going to be, a 40-year-old 40 man, 40 man with dreads? And I want to be like, yeah, hell yeah. Please don't be. Yeah, I think you're right. <laughs> uh, second one. Look at the quads on Leonard Fournette. So a lot of people sent this to me and said, bigger than Saquon, question mark? It's right up there with it. I don't think it's... Look at the one on his left leg. I don't think it's as big as Saquon, but again, let's not underestimate this freak of nature in Leonard, Leonard Fournette. Leonard Fournette and Ezekiel Elliott are not far off the freak of nature body. When they came out, you said about both of them, I've never really seen a guy like this that, before. That's what I mean. I mean, Ezekiel Elliott has, Ezekiel Elliott's legs are bigger than Fournette's. Ezekiel Elliott, I think, would be the closest really? comparison. Yeah, Ezekiel Elliott, when I saw him in person, I'm telling you, if we tried to stick a machete in him, the machete is going to bend before it goes into him. He is like a freaking rhinoceros with like rhinoceros, that was my North Jersey coming out. <laughs> but yeah, he looks like he's got like permanent protected armor on him. It he's is so something thick. that happens every year. The new freak athlete at, at running back or defensive end comes out, and we completely forget about the other ones. It's yeah. like like Miles Garrett came out, and we for, for completely forgot about how much Jadavian Clowney shocked us. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know. And then Saquon comes out, and no, Leonard Fournette was that guy yeah. one year ago. It's yeah. where the sport's going right now. All right, this one I'm going to need some insight. This is Dallas Goddard uh, singing for the rest of the Eagles. Oh gosh. You can tell he's nervous because he keeps pulling down his shirt. Yeah. All right. So what? did you? Did I don't know that song. Yes, though. you do. I'm about to cry right now. He's so off tune. I can't even. Come on. Like it seems to be, we're having a thousand memories. That's an old song. Sweet child of mine. Sweet child of mine. Sweet child of mine. Wow. Yeah, he needs that. He needs to pick it up a little bit. On that though. Yeah. Um, what is your, did you have to sing anything for the Bucks? Did they have like a talent (sighs) show? We always see it in hard knocks. I never had to sing. I don't know why. I never, nobody ever Was called. there a talent show or anything? I mean, oh, always talent shows. Okay, okay. Yes, talent shows are absolutely phenomenal, too. When when players come out and make fun of, you know, the coaching staff or another guy, one of the old heads on the team. So what did they make you do? Uh, gosh, you know. Because you had to do something. I, well, I, I mean, you know what I did. I was uh, Mr. Warren Sapp's oh, personal right-hand man. That but was you r- didn't have anything for the whole team. I there was no embarrassment. I can't recall me having to do anything... I don't. I don't remember. I don't remember. Uh, All right. Other question. Yeah. Do you remember any rookie specifically and what they had to do? Like, what's the first thing that come to your mind in terms of rookie in front of the team hazing? What was? Uh, the, who's the first person? I mean, I can remember like Davin Joseph, a first round pick. Yeah. They, they make making fun of the offensive line coach, doing things like that. Those were the best ones when they made fun of the coach who might have been quirky and says a lot of crazy. Yeah. Four letter words and has all these ways about him yeah and then a player gets 
to come out and do that. Uh, I can't. Was there ever a talent show where you're like, wow, that, that guy's actually no, talented? Yeah, there was good ones. Sam, I wish you would have warned me about this one, too. I don't like to warn you I know, about I know. Like this one, these are ones I need to hear warning because I, I know there's ones like, on. Like, what did Pac-Man Jones do Well, I wasn't his on rookie. his team. I don't know. Oh, yeah, that kind of hurts, right? I meant, I meant uh, the, uh, the other guy, uh, Chris Johnson. Chris Johnson. CJ2K. I don't remember him having the... You know what, though? I wasn't there during training camp that year. I got Tebow? picked up. I wasn't there either, you dumbass. Do you know? Did you follow my career? Have we worked together for four and a half years? Career. Jeez. <laughs> uh, wait, I know I'm missing some, though. Like, I remember No Sean Moreno singing. Yeah. I feel like I remember Cadillac Williams singing. Um... There was oh let me just think Tennessee Titans Does that stuff help what 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 helps it's great team camaraderie okay. it breaks up the monotony of camp it's the go like damn are we really like the seventh day in a row going into another team meeting here at the end of two days and gonna sit here and how to focus right and, yeah. and the coach just spices things up by doing little things like that for a few minutes it's it is it's it's the joys of camp speaking of spicing things up yeah we have a, a mole. Inside the Giants organization. <laughs> Not really. But I did hear this, uh, G dot. So apparently when Pat Shermer came to the Giants, yeah. the Giants, no one in the facility, no players, no, no staff, nobody is allowed to wear red shirts. It's only blue. They're not allowed to wear red. Big blue. Only blue. You're getting back. You can't wear red in the facility, and you can't wear black sneakers or socks anymore. Oh, I like that, too. Why? Well, I don't, I don't care about the sneakers or socks, but you're not even allowed to wear them in the facility? I don't think so. Wow. I think it's all gray. The Giants should be white cleats and or gray cleats all the way. I mean, I'm a, I'm a fan more of white cleats. It's like I always tell Kyle Shanahan, like, 49ers haven't won a Super Bowl since they got off the white cleats in the mm. Montana Young era. And he's like, oh, I like that. Yeah. So I hope he does that at some point. All right, if he doesn't, uh, you know where it came from. Um, but, um, man, no red. No red. Isn't that their alternate jersey? So, so apparently they lost in those, and Mara said no more. Good. I like it. Yeah. I, yeah, good. Go back to the – just get back to the blue and white. That's all they, I want to see. For me, the the white with the blue and red on the sleeves with the full giants on the helmet, yes, the that's like my helmet. favorite one. I, I agree. That's one of mine too. Other thing is this is something that is not talked about with Pat okay. Shermer. I love Pat Shermer. I do too. The one thing that I find hun- uh, funny, and I can't not think about this. He when actually I see won him. with the Browns, but yeah, keep going. I know. You're, is pull up a picture of Pat Shermer, okay? Okay. And then when that's up there, okay, open up a new tab and pull up a picture of Rich Gannon, and tell me they're not brothers from another mother. Because I look at them sometimes and Harry. I'm like, that's the same guy. All right, so there's Rich. Yeah. And there's Pat. Uh, there's Rich. Not as much as I thought. No, they're just old white guys. Yeah, okay. You know, Sims, not all white people look the same. Okay? <laughs> uh, uh, all right, so let's do uh, some funny quotes. Uh, this one is Michael Bennett on Carson Wentz. I like how we have this on there. I can just look. No, see, he gets too distracted. Okay. Michael Bennett on Carson Wentz, uh, talking about him being healthy and, and being injured. He probably went to Germany or Switzerland or some shit because he looked good out there. They got that shit in Germany. How do you think Tom Cruise looks like that? You think he's doing regular stuff? He's 55 and he looks like that? He's jumping off buildings. He ain't slowing down. Bruce Willis, he's still getting it. Like, why? Is he accusing his brother doing HGH? I don't he's know. accusing his starting. 
supporting quarterback or performance enhancing drugs. I think Tom Michael Cruise Bunch is doing like, HGH. Okay? Oh, you think so? I well, think I think everybody in Hollywood that does those kind of movies is yes, they're all yeah. on it. I mean, Mark Wahlberg's body does transformations every year. Have you ever seen it? It's like he's a dad, and then seven weeks later, he's a bodybuilder, and then he goes back to a dad, and then you're like, holy shit, he's jacked again. And so, he gets really jacked. Right, that's what I mean. So, but I just like that Carson Wentz is being grouped into the same group as Tom Cruise and Bruce <laughs> Willis. Like he just went to Germany and got that old white guy stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I love, love Michael that. Bennett's takes on things. Oh, he's though. the man. He is. Uh, Saints head coach Sean Payton. Our return game is kind of like the Bachelor right now. We have about twelve contestants, all with roses. We don't know who our returner is going to be, and if she doesn't like any of them, we'll bring in more. <laughs> I yeah, like it. I like it too. He apparently watches the Bachelor. Uh, you don't. No. No. I don't watch any shows. Even though you could have been The Bachelor at one I point. I could have been The Bachelor. Yeah, uh, that's right. And I saw... Handmaid's the... Tale. That's the one show I've gotten into. I like Succession. I like Succession, too. I have to... I have missed some shows here and there. Okay. I saw last night... I've seen a few. I imagine that succession is like what it's like to be in the Sims family. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Phil has this You're thing. just trying to overthrow Phil and, and find some way to screw him and take his money. I, sounds <laughs> sounds good. good. Let's do it. Uh, and this is my last quote. And this is not funny. This is more of, we knew it. Oh. Jabril Peppers. Oh. Quote, my mindset is, I don't know that version of myself last year. I can hardly watch tape of myself. Mm-hmm. So this year, I don't care what I've got to do. I'm proving to everybody, especially myself, what I've got to offer. It was a shock to him. It was not a shock to you, but it was definitely a shock to him and to a lot of people last year. I'm rooting for him, and I hope he does. Uh, I know. Well, because he was the most overhyped guy in the 2017 draft. And I know a lot of people were, you know, calling me a hater, whatever else. I, I always give my true football evaluation. I mean, this is a kid from Jersey. I watched him play high school football. I wanted to say nothing but good things about him. Yeah. Um, but yes, his tr- problem, and he's still going to have to prove it to me, is what position is he? Where does he play? College football is not the NFL. At Michigan, he got to play games against certain teams where there wasn't another NFL player on the offensive side of the ball. So it's a different level of competition. Your big takeaway from Michigan, yeah. and this is something that I always appreciate, yes. is you noticed they were hiding him. That's what I felt And like, then, yes. I've, I don't think a team has ever run the defense that the Browns ran last year no. with a guy that far back yes and in essence they were hiding him they were they were making they were right you were they were like oh you know what where are we gonna put him okay let's put him 25 yards deep in the middle of the field and it was not great no it certainly wasn't i do know this the kid is fearless tough and he works he always has worked i've mm-hmm. always known that from the jersey head coaches to the bleacher report guys that used to go over and film him in the weight room he remember was, he was built beyond any kid that age he is a guy i look at and go he's got to change his body a little He's too thick and muscular. He's compromised some of his speed and quickness, you know, because he's maybe benched too much or done too many curls. And like we always talk about, the most of the NFL is in the weight loss program where they're trying to lose five to 10 pounds to gain a little extra speed. Man, so our, 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 we hope that he turns it around. Yeah. We really do. We do. I got the uh, MVP favorite sitting in front of me right now. I saw it. I mean, I know it's Brady. It is Tom Brady. Right. Did you look at the rest of the people? Uh, not at all. Okay, who do you think is second to Brady? Brady right now is a plus 400 favorite. I got to see. I would say Rodgers is what, like plus 380? No, he's plus 500, so it's only going to grow up from there. Oh, it goes up. Sorry, yeah. I'm going the other way. So, he's... Uh, so he is number two. Wow. Who is number three? I would bet against this one. Number three... It's not Todd Gurley. 
Todd Gurley is with Le'Veon Bell and Ezekiel Elliott at 2,500 to 1. Okay. They are below. It's all quarterbacks. It is all quarterbacks? Of course. So number three is, it's not Big Ben. No. It's not Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson is not even, Russell Wilson is at number four at 1,600, number five at 1,600. Carson Wentz is number three at plus 800. I'd bet against him. I would too. Uh, Drew Brees is at 1,200. Russell Wilson, Jimmy Garoppolo, Cam Newton, Matt Ryan, Kirk Cousins, Deshaun Watson. Mm. It's a quarterback award at this time. It is. It's become way too much of a quarterback of award. It's Von a- Miller and J.J. Water at plus 10,000. Antonio Brown is the top receiver on the board at plus 4,000. And Rob Gronkowski is the top tight end at plus 6,600. Man. Of yeah, those, it, well, it's just become like... I like Cam Newton at plus 1,800 to 1, well, but I don't know if, I, if yeah, he's going to do it. Yeah, I mean... Um, Deshaun Watson is the boomer boss guy. Deshaun Watson, if healthy... I mean, the Texans, I feel like it all hinges on Deshaun Watson. Like, if Deshaun Watson's healthy and at least, like, 85% or better early in the season, uh, they're a team I would go... They're like a secret dark horse Super Bowl team. But if they get off to a bad start and he's not healthy, they could fall apart and it becomes a whole coaching regime change. 100%. Um, the, the quarterback thing, it is annoying, like with the MVP. And I understand it's, it's you know, of course, an extremely important position. And, and the way it is this day and age, it's even more important. But it just seems like everybody else has to do something out of this world to get in that conversation. And now, even like when Adrian they do, Peterson's like, got to go 2,000 yards, and he had to share it yeah. with J- Peyton Manning. J.J. Watt had that incredible year where he brought back like four or something touchdowns, and he was literally the only guy on his team. And did he share it with Peyton Manning, too? No, he didn't win it. Or was that the one he... Oh, okay, That was he the didn't. whole year we were arguing You're that J.J. Right. Watt sh- is like, is yeah. he really going to get it? Right. And then he didn't He didn't. I win know, it. I can't remember who won it, but either way. Yeah, it's, it is Probably annoying. Brady. It's the same thing with the Heisman for the most part. You know, the Heisman, it's not quarterbacks, but it's really just, here's the best player on the best team. You win the Heisman. Yes. I mean, that's literally I remember the become. year I covered Indomitian Sue when he won every single award at Nebraska. Right. Like the defensive lineman, the best defensive, all that. Yep. And he got like third in the Heisman. And that was the closest that I've seen a deal. defensive player getting to the actual Heisman. Right. The remember. fact that he got invited was, was a amazing. Big deal. Yes. Yeah. yeah. That that oh, that was the game I watched where he destroyed Colt McCoy. Oh, I know. Gosh, that was four and a half sacks, seven tackles for loss, right. and one and game. almost had a sack at the end that would have knocked him out of field goal. No, position. no, 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 no. He actually he was so good that he's the reason oh, he that got they lost the game. He got there too fast. He got there too fast because Colt, Colt McCoy threw. That away. was the first time I've ever heard the rule that the clock stops when the ball hits something. Right. And because Colt McCoy threw the ball and it hit a railing, yeah. They and you could see the railing. They stopped it. Right. And gave put him time the back. Time. Let the field goal happen. Right. Uh, there were some injuries. Jason Verrett, Achilles, out for the year. Man, the Chargers. Just unlucky, and it's every freaking year. Uh, they've already lost Hunter Henry. They lose rookie tight end Austin Roberts to an ACL. Last time I checked, the ACL epidemic is up to eight, which is around where I said it was going to be on Wednesday. You did. I think he is exactly what you said. Uh, Jason Verrett, though, out for the season. Um, how big of a loss is that for a team that we thought and still believe probably could be a Super Bowl contender? Uh, it is it is a big loss. I mean, Jason Verrett, you know, we, we haven't got to see him a whole lot, but his year, I think it was 2015 when he was healthy. I mean, he has phenomenal coverage skills, like phenomenal. 
I mean, you know, one of the best man-to-man cover corners in football when he's healthy. But these were the red flags about him coming out of TCU. Undersized guy who had been banged up there. And now, what's this? This is three out of four years he's going to miss, basically, right? Am I right? It's 2014 he missed. He played 2015 and then 2016 and 17. It was very limited. You know, last year I know it was none at all. This year, of course, it's going to be none at all. And I feel like 16 was only a few games. Um, but, yeah, I mean, that's a huge blow to a team that, like you said, is extremely talented. Yeah, 2014, Laberman rotator cuff tears in his shoulders, just six games. 2016, partial tear of the ACL, played four games. 17 in a week one loss, acted up, injured reserve right afterwards. And now this. Yeah. It just sucks because when you really do look at their secondary, if it could have been Casey Hayward and Jason Verrett, you go... That's top five. No That's doubt. a top five cornerback yeah, duo. With our and man, Derwin James. and Yes, and yes. then also Desmond King. Exactly like Desmond right. King has shown himself to be a really good player. Right. Trevor Williams now will step Trevor up Williams and he's serve a start. Yeah, he yeah. is. He's good. Trevor Williams is good. But yes, you're right. It changes the dynamic of their defense and gives them more flexibility to mix and match personnel sets during certain teams. And that's what kills me, teams. is both of their injuries, the big ones, Yeah, Hunter Henry and Jason Verrett are both at positions that the NFL is focused on right yeah, now. I know. A tight end that can do multiple stuff, a corner that allows everybody else to kind of do what they need to do. Uh, I'd call Pac-Man Jones. That's what is I he do. available right now? Yes, he is. I've been texting with him. Really? Yeah. What's he saying? He wants to go play for a freaking team and play. I mean, did, what, he text said him he, right now and be like, are you interested in the Chargers? Let's he, do it right he, now on the show. He said he had, I, I know he's interested with the Chargers. Don't, don't, you know, I don't yeah, I'm trying him. to make it entertaining. Um, but I know. I really do. And <laughs> okay, uh, but no, the the point is if I'm the Chargers, he would be a guy I would look at. This he's scheme, kind of a lot like Jason Verrett. Well, I mean, he is definitely he's going to add some attitude to your defense. Uh, it's just whether I guess they want to deal with him and maybe some of the stigma that comes along with him. The thing I would say more to it than anything, too, is Pac-Man coming from that Paul Gunther defense. Right. It's similar in theory. It was like, you know, it's not the cover three press bail Seattle thing, but very similar in a lot of ways, too, where I don't think it would be a huge learning curve. Man, it's Man. The, the Chargers. The Chargers. I, I really I want. It's just every year. And I heard Florio on PFT today saying, is this got to be something with the training staff and all that? I will read this quote. And I, this is kind of backing up Florio as though maybe there's something wrong with the Chargers. We celebrated John Harbaugh for saying we're going to take it easy. Here's what Tom Telesco, the general manager of the Chargers, said about Jason Verrett. Quote, he was healthy in the offseason program, and we were probably more cautious than we had to be. We probably held him back, and he probably wanted to do a lot more. We tried to generally ramp him up just on volume, but he's a competitive player. He wants to go full go. If you're going to play football, you've got to play full go. Yeah. To me, and I'll kind of put a little bit on Jason there, Yeah. where he's like, Jason wanted to go full go. I guess so. And. You know, the first place I go with a guy like this, like, what's his list of injuries? Can you list his injuries for me? Yeah, it was a shoulder. It was an ACL. It was a, um, and now this is what, Achilles? Yes. So he had an Achilles, ACL. And there's one other one, right? Yeah, I think it was another one. I was reading it earlier. There's another knee thing. But, but. 
you know, again, it shows I, I would also be interested in just to see if it's the same leg, what it is. You know, so many of these times this brings me always back to the conversation about, you know, trainers in the NFL and the physical rehabilitation techniques are behind the aid. They're behind their times. Like Michael Bennett was just talking about with Carson Wentz. He probably went over to Germany or something like that. Well, I went to Canada because I couldn't find anybody in America to help me. Well, let me see if these two, two, two things are different, right. but are they the same? Right. It came out recently that the Chargers do not have an analytical person on staff. None. They're like the only team in the NFL that have no analytics. Or if they do, they have one person, okay. something like that. Okay. It was just an article that showed how far behind the times the Chargers were. Wow. When I take that into the account, and then I think about all these injuries, I know they're not related. Yeah. But they seem related. Yeah. Because if you're behind the times on one thing, I'm going to assume that you're that on the other one. Right. If you're not going to look at analytics, which, as I talked about Howie Roseman, Howie Roseman would use the GPS tracking of his players yeah. to worry about wear and tear and how much they're doing... That's how they would use analytics sometimes. It makes me think they're not going to be up to date on the health as well. Well, it certainly... I don't want to assume. No, I know, but I know what you're saying. Yeah, it's just you're connecting dots, and it seems a little concerning that way. I get you. Yeah, there's a lot of teams in the NFL that are like that, and it just stinks because it's, you know, the Chargers are a team that we look at and go, man, they could they could go to the Super Bowl in the AFC. 100%. Yeah. Them, Jaguars, Patriots, all those guys. Uh, let's get to... Whoa! Big training camp. Uh, I sent you a video that everybody was sending around of Josh Allen overthrowing his running back, and everyone's like, oh, he still can't throw. But all reports out of that camp are otherwise. No shit. Reporters saying that A.J. McCarron is, quote, playing not to lose his job. Nathan Peterman has been the third stringer. But overall, Allen has been looking very solid for the Buffalo Bills thus far. That's, but everyone's going to that one clip. Of course they are. It's it's Twitter. It's the hater aid. It's, oh, I gotta I gotta be, I gotta qualify my statement because I don't know crap. And I said he wasn't gonna be good so I'm gonna show you this one clip that he missed a throw in the, you know, what I found funny is you look under the comments and there's a ton of people defending him was it? and showing clips of his other great throws from the same practice where I went, wow, that was a great throw. Wow, that was a good one. So uh, it's glad I'm glad to see people I out love there that you're going, in the comments. Yeah, I, I do. I do. I wanted to see the reaction because I figured, OK, with things like that is usually uh, like other Buffalo fans. And yes. I thought, OK, maybe we'll see something from somebody else who's watched practice. And right below it, there was two other videos of great throws by Josh Allen. Yeah. But nobody wanted to talk about that. The national media didn't pick that up at all. Man, you know, again. It's it's a learning process. He's not going to be perfect. No, but I can tell you, he's going to make jaws drop uh, as much or any as and any of these rookie quarterbacks coming out. Jaws are dropping in Minnesota. Sims. Ooh, it was unreal how good. Dalvin Cook looked in drills Saturday. Explosive. He says he's quicker and faster now after the ACL surgery. If you didn't see him, you wouldn't believe it, but it looks to be true. I I, I, I saw that, and then I also know he's not wearing his knee brace right. either, which I wish he would just for training just to camp. Do it. Just wear it. Just get used to do it. it. It's Once like the season starts, yeah. yeah, if you want to do it, but get used to the movements. But he obviously feels like he's tested it out, ready to go. And I do think that's one of the... Um, non-talked about things with the Vikings a little bit. It's like an extra player they picked up in free agency. You look at them and what they did in free agency. It's Kirk Cousins, it's Sheldon Richardson. Right. You and I both go, they're still going to have defensive depth problems when yes. they get to the second half part of the season. Yes. Um, but we can also go, damn, they didn't even have Dalvin Cook down the stretch there. And you and I, I think, both agree that he could be pretty special. Yeah, they did have Jarek McKinnon, who I think is going to have a special year with Kyle Shanahan. Yep. But I look at Dalvin Cook and go, you know how they, they keep those defensive linemen 
not exhausted, run it with Dalvin Cook a sure, lot. Right. Um, yeah, I just I'm surprised at how quickly he's bouncing back, but that. Seems to be where we are with ACL injuries right now. It does seem. It seems about eight to nine months, and you can pretty much get going again pretty hard. What was it like when you were in the league with ACLs? I mean, it was like, oh, you're done for the year. It's, you know, 11, 12 months from now. But what's even crazier is I can remember, like, when my dad's era. I mean, when I was, you know, I, I was almost 14 years old when my dad got cut by the Giants. I mean, ACLs back in that day, you were done. Your career was over almost. It was almost like, damn, his career's over. He's done. Wow. He'll never be the same. And now it's like ACL injuries, you come back stronger. Jerry Rice, I feel like, was the first one to break down the barrier where he basically said, well, (laughs) there's mics here. But he basically, he tore his ACL uh, and came back and played very early on, I think, the next year. And was ready to go and said he would be. And I feel like, yeah, ever since then, it's just gotten quicker and quicker. I would also say that uh, Adrian Peterson's recovery... Oh, that was insane. ...changed the 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 expectations. It did. And the way everybody... Because he came back in like seven months. He came, and then ran for 2,000 yards. Was it right after that? Mm-hmm. That's what's insane about that. That's another level. Like, he is the guy, you're right, that broke down and we all go, Oh, you don't have to miss a beat anymore after ACL. Yeah, okay, well, if you saw Adrian Peterson in person, you'd go, Damn, did they chisel him out of granite, or is that a real person? That's also what I was just saying. It's like, here we are with Saquon Barkley. We've never seen someone like this before. Adrian Peterson, we've never seen anything like that. No, him he's a different kind of animal than a Fournette, Ezekiel yeah. Elliott, or a Saquon. Oh. He's a little bit more leaned and ripped and shredded and just this wiry, dense, cut up muscle where you just go, man, look at this country strong. Like yes. you, He's like one of those guys you look up and you size him up and you go, I think I could take him. But then if you saw him do like one athletic exercise, you'd be like, no, I can't. That's a that's a prime that I'll never forget. Adrian Peterson's prime. It was it was genuinely special. And that yeah. year when it was him and Favre, and he he was just magical that year. I, his rookie year in two thousand eight, I believe, uh, they came down to Tennessee, and we played them like second game of the year, and I was like. He's on a new level. <laughs> He's on a new level. And and I think you've heard this story, too. I think the next year is when my dad saw him in yeah. person. Remember, we've it's heard Christopher. Like, hey, Christopher, have you ever seen Adrian Peterson in person? And I was like, yep, yes, I have. Dad. He's like, He's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. He's moving a different speed right now. What I, like, I love yeah, I about what I love about Phil is he genuinely believes he's like Christopher Columbus. <laughs> like he sees a guy, he's like, I don't know if you've seen this guy. <laughs> Kurt Warner? It was pretty good. It's like, yeah, Dad. It's Kurt Warner. Uh, last, whoa, big training camp. Whoa. Browns quarterbacks Tyrod Taylor and Baker Mayfield have acquired an RV, and they've parked it on the premises of training camp so they can have a top-secret clubhouse. Only quarterbacks are allowed inside, and apparently a member of the Hard Knocks crew wanted a behind-the-scenes peek, and Baker said, that's a sacred place. What do you think about their secret Winnebago? It's cool. You like it? I do like it. I thought you were going to be a curmudgeon. Well, training camp, I would think they're using it just to go, this is our quarterback. Like, we can sneak away here and take a nap. Because you you have times where you truly have nap time. Or they go, Mm -hmm. like, you got players, you got an hour off. And do what you got to do. You've eaten lunch. We've had yeah. our first practice. Now do what you ever want to do. Now, I, and let's see, was that Denver? I used to sleep in the equipment 
shelves. Really? What? Yeah. Yeah. What do you mean the shelves? Now? The shelves. The equipment shelves. You know how they they have those shelves that you can like wheel together and wheel apart. Yeah. Like huge shelves that are like. You know, you can be like, oh, let me get yeah, to yeah. row four, and yeah. you turn the crank, and it opens up. And, and you would go in there? I would go in there. And, and, would, and they, they would open have, it up for they, you? We had uh, inflatable mattresses. So I had an inflatable, like, pool thing, you know, that you float around right. in the pool. And I would go in there and crawl in the bottom one, have a blanket on, and go, I'm going to get 45 minutes. And then they'd cr- I'd go, close the crank on me, you know, and... <laughs> They cr- like just Crank leave, me. just leave like a little inch of daylight in there, and then when it was time to get out, I'd be like, "Hey, hey!" So I left me in out. there before. No, there's usually always somebody in the equipment room. It's funny because the Browns are going to be on hard, but knocks, I do like it. And there's always something regarding sleep. Yeah. Texans JJ Watt was sleeping in the facility. Yeah. Uh, it, Bengals Ocho Cinco was sleeping there all the time yep. at night, not yep. even during the day. Right. But the Winnebago. Do you think they're? Do you genuinely believe Tyrod and Baker are are Liking each other's company, I do. I think they're. I think Tyrod, just from like my my brother played up in Buffalo with Tyrod. I know Tyrod just being around him a little bit is such an easygoing, good guy. Not going to judge anybody. He was and, our veteran addition of the off season, and he's and he's got incre- incredible self confidence. So he's not like intimidated by any type of situation. And I think Baker Mayfield, having been around him and just watching him a little bit, he's the same guy. I think he's cool, and he realizes like it's not really about Tyrod Taylor. If I go out there and ball out, I'm going to be the starting quarterback. Right. And and I think once I think there's a zero percent chance that Baker starts the season. I no, I don't think. Yeah, I'm with you. I think it's zero too. Uh, but I think that's a he's room. the only rookie quarterback they can I go can in there. Have their own set of drinks, maybe a few snacks, watch TV and kick back if they want and just get away from Listen everybody. Listen to the Simpsons Left Go podcast. Or, yeah, if they're really smart and want to learn football. And then I think the biggest thing is probably just taking a nap. But yeah, the Winnebago. The Winnebago. That's a smooth move. And they just parking in the parking lot, you said? Yeah. Yeah, that's a good one. I like it, too. I like that. Um, all right. So let us go to a few more things. Then we're going to get into this uh, anthem slash Cowboys slash Des Bryant rant, which I'm very excited about. First of all, fans, this is from Jenner Sate Serday, said, just want to let you guys know, the winner of the Tour de France, Geraint Thomas, once had his spleen removed after a crash, and he came back and won. So we just wanted you to know that people that have had their spleens removed can still accomplish great things. We, yeah, there's no doubt about it. Look at me. I'm here with Lefko. It's kind of better <laughs> than winning the first. Uh, and then also... Uh, that's what I hear more than anything, the car crash spleen, though. That's when everybody always comes to me. What do you mean? Well, most people lose their spleen because they get in a car crash, and then the steering wheel oh. goes into their abdomen. Right. And that's the majority of times when I have people come up to me, I lost my spleen, too, or I had to have and a surgery. Car crash. Yeah, and then they, yeah, it's, it's always that. Or well, you were in a car crash. Or falling on the football. Like Chris Mortensen. What? Chris Mortensen almost died, just like me, because he fell on a football. Playing football younger. Yes. What? Yes. Spleen was bleeding inside, and he ended up going to the hospital that night instead of going to sleep, thank God, and ended up, yeah, of course, living. Wow. <laughs> yeah. I didn't know that. I don't know where I came up with that story, but I That's did. That's great. I actually commented under a video of Danny Amendola catching balls with gloves. And I said, yeah, I'll be more impressed if he could do it without gloves. And a lot of people got upset with me. Uh, we have a, a great listener, I'm Frankie, that sent me a video of him catching it without gloves, which is great. But am I wrong to think that those gloves are like cheating? I'm texting. Hello. What are you texting? Yeah. Oh. Important NFL people. Pat, Chris Mortensen, did you tell them you told the spleen joke? <laughs> but 
I, I feel like this, the videos of guys catching balls from the jugs machine, it's not that impressive to me because I've used those gloves before. Yeah, I know. I know. I, I know. The gloves are cheating. I think, again, I'm going to say it again. I think the gloves are a safety issue in the NFL because of the ripping the guy down by the shoulder tackle where most guys, if they didn't have the grip on that gloves, would fall off. Like when Saquon Barkley throws a stiff arm out. Yeah, they just fall and down. They, they would fall off. In the old days, you could see that. You could see Walter Payton or one of those guys do it. And you see their and hands. And they fall yeah. off. And now with those gloves, you don't fall off. And they ended up being almost like wrangled like a baby cow in the rodeo. Yeah. And they go down and they tear their ACL. Like Le'Veon Bell with Vontez Perfect. That would be the perfect kind of tackle. He dove in two hands and swung around him and then landed on his legs. And, and it's not that he has great grip strength. It's, it's because it's the partially. gloves are ridiculous. I understand what you're saying. They are. They're bullshit, okay? They make catching so much easier. That's, I kind of want to, when but, we do our training camp tour, throw a pair on and do the jugs. I know. So this is what I think you're underestimating about this. Just How this fast one little, the jugs machine exactly is? Exactly right. I don't know. I know. That's what you're, When you see it in person and you're going to go, oh, wait. This whole, you're gonna go, holy cow! This machine's really close. You're catching it from here because wow. he's gonna be like the machine's gonna be where the wall is, and it's gonna be set at like 80 miles per hour. Wait, wait, wait! Yeah, right there. Yes, that's that's where you don't realize it. That's so where it's you, like five feet away. Uh huh. It's flying and it's spinning. Does the ball always go to the same spot? They can, uh, for the most part, it's always in the general area wherever they set it up. Yes, for the most part. Would you trust me to put your head right there? Absolutely not. Okay. No, absolutely well, not. Should but I, I would like trust to see you? you do it. It would be fun. You should trust me. I have the greatest hands that we've ever seen. What? Yeah. Not better than Warren Sapp. Oh, no, no. Better. Better. Better than Warren. I listen, Randy Moss told but me. But do you think those Randy gloves Moss told me had the best hands on Tennessee Titans? But do you think those gloves can like even if I'm not like ready for it? Do you think it'll just like naturally stick to it? Um, yes, I think what's going to happen to you the first few times you do it is it's just going to bounce off your hand, and you're going to go, "Damn, okay, this is I got to like grip it. I got to be time my grip out just a little quicker because mm. it's, it's moving so fast and spinning so hard. It's really just about let me focus and see it." Grab the ball. So they're Watch coming it at, in. So what's high speed? You think? Oh gosh! I mean, those things can launch balls up like ninety yards down wow. the field. That's what they do. They'll do punts with that, and the, because the punter can't punt nine hundred balls in a row all right, day right, long, right, right, right. So they'll set it up and boom, sink. Yeah, and. Yes. But why, why does it need to be that fast? I think it's just about training the eyes. It's about, I just think people think it looks cool. It, no, it, it, it's, it's, about, <laughs> it's about, think of a receiver, okay? And you're, you know, you're, you're you know let, let's just say um, Antonio Brown. And you're, damn, I got to work this move and make this cut. I got to run a 10-yard in cut. Make this guy shake around. Ooh, I took a little longer on my, my route. Let me snap my head around. Boom, the ball's on me. Holy right, shit. Right, That's right, what right. you're practicing. So when you see the guys that get really close and it's like that that is crazy they turn their back and they're waiting for somebody to yell for them to flip around and then catch it that's where i'd be like whoa 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 or the guy that sits there and they just keep catching it one hand they play one side and just go what's so crazy about that it's just it's moving pretty good and they become machines you're um like guys like Odell Beckham Jr.'s hand, we saw that at the NFL yeah. thing the other day. NFL Odell Beckham Jr., they're huge in Times Square. Check it's it out. Incredible strength in those hands. That's where I think it gets underestimated. Like oh, they would have great hands if they didn't catch with gloves, but yes, the gloves take it Man. to another level. It ta- it's a whole nother level. It I really know. does feel like cheating. Yeah. All right. Speaking of, all right, one more. Uh, the story about John Gruden apparently not speaking to Khalil Mack. Do you believe that? I I, I mean he's spoken to him. 
he said he when he first got the job, he, you know, he's yeah. hey, I'm excited to work with you, all that, blah blah blah. Yeah, I do believe that he hasn't talked to him. Khalil Mack is he's not trying to give the coaches any warm and fuzzy feelings to give them an inkling of like, oh, he's close to coming back. He can't well, no, take the it anymore. Report from Rappaport is quote, I'm told there's no progress, no optimism, no communication, and the holdout continues. Um. Yeah, you're a fucker. I know. I got NFL people texting me, and it's driving me crazy. No, anything but, good that you can share with us? No, I can't. Um, but, anything good though? Yeah, it is good. Uh, Give me a hint. It's really good. Give me a hint. I can't. Uh, I'll never tell. Um, but the the Khalil Mack thing, I think, will get settled here in the next two weeks or okay. so. I do because I think Gruden will go crazy, and he's going to start nudging and going crazy in the front office, and he's going to tell him, "What are we worried? What's those stupid detail that's holding us yeah. back?" And he's finally going to talk sense into everybody and be like, "Man, I mean, come on, he's it's our best player. We got to yeah. get him here." And it'll give me happen. a hint. Give me a hint. Nah, I can't. You have to give it's me. It's coaches. Hint. So I just can't tell I'm you. I'm not going to go until you give me a hint. I can't tell you. Give me a conference. Um, nope. What? Nope. Let's see, the camera's watching me? Yeah. Hey, whoever yeah. was guessing my code uh, a few weeks back, they were right. Uh, weren't Your they guessing code? my phone unlock code? Yeah. They said it was 092980. It was 082980. It's my birthday. Uh, I don't expect to see any of you people here to grab my phone, and I'll change my number anyways. Some so point. there you go, guys. 0829. Uh, now you know that Sims's birthday is going to be in a month. August 29th. Yes. And you're going to be 52. 52. All right. Let's get to this Des Bryant epic Twitter tirade. Uh, Stephen Jones went on a serious NFL radio show uh, and pretty much blamed Des for Dak's struggles, saying Dak is working on his game. I think that last year was tough with Des in his ear. I think he'll have the year he had in 2016, if not better. Um, and then Des came out and said, here we go with the scapegoat shit. I charged everything to the game and went the other way. Y'all know what the real problem is. Don't put it on me with this bullshit garbage ass play calling. Everybody lined up in the same spot for 17 weeks. He then continued a few more times uh, and said that uh, Stephen Jones is not clueless. Jerry was the only one who was clueless. It was a plan to get me out as Travis and my brother Snake Lee. I mean, Sean Lee. So he called Sean Lee Snake Lee and then followed up with, yeah, he's supposed to have been my brother. We laughed, talked about goals and stuff. Never thought it was a problem. I got cut first to know. I found out he was also behind it. Damn. Sean Lee came out. And said I had nothing to do with this. You need to take ownership for your actions and all that stuff. I'm sure you heard all about this. What was your take when you heard all well, this? Well, I, I mean, like, okay. First thing is with the Des Bryant, like Sean Lee's behind it. Are you crazy? I mean, Tom Brady can't even tell New England who to cut. Aaron Rodgers can't tell. You think they're like, hey, Sean? You know, we know you're like one neck injury or head concussion away from not being on our team anymore. What do you think we should keep on the team? I mean, that's just ridiculous. Okay, so starting from there, I don't know what their riff is. Either way, I like how Sean Lee came back out of him. Yeah, be accountable for your actions. Yeah. And that's what he did. Um, these are the issues you have when your owner 
is the one being the spokesman of your team all the time. And your and the owner's son, who's the GM. Right. Well, who's really he's the guy running the day to day stuff this day and right. age. Right. He's Steven got Jones. he's he's really all over it more than Jerry. Jerry is just there basically on a, a to me what it seems like on a, on a topical way at this point. It's very nice of you. But um, yeah, I, I mean, I think those are the issues when your owner's always going on the radio and things that like that. That was my thing, they Steven. Slip up, why, right. why are you why are you just talk about Dak Prescott's development? Yes, last year wasn't as good as we had hoped, but to think that like the one of the Jones family really thought like Des Bryant wouldn't get that wouldn't get back to him when he's still living in the Dallas area. That why makes are they no still sense. talking about Des? I know, but he's such a big hot button topic there. But then added to that, I will defend him and say, yeah, their offense lacks creativity. A little bit like we've talked about. Too much are they dependent on, we're going to dominate the line of scrimmage, and DeMarco Murray and Ezekiel Elliott are going to run for 150 yards down your throat. Uh, you know, okay, great, but there's a few times when that doesn't happen. You need some creativity in the pass game, and that's where they did hurt Des Bryant. And Des Bryant did just line up outside in the same spot, which is also hurting him in his free agency, right? Because nobody's seen him do anything else, really. Right. And they did kind of screw him over by letting him go so late in the process. They screwed him over with that. Right. So his wide receivers coach was Derek Dooley. And I'm telling you, I watched the All or Nothing. No one thought Derek Dooley was a good coach before here. Okay? He didn't really do anything in that room. I'm just saying that when I watched that All or Nothing with Des Bryant Dallas, yep. when he was freaking out, let's say, in that Washington game, he's freaking out because he had single coverage and the offense was, let's keep it simple right in front of us. And he's like, dude, take a chance. Yeah. Every time Des freaked out on that show, it was productive. Yeah, I hear you. I'm telling you. Because like, right. you actually got to hear it. Right. And it was, come on, let's do this. I'm seeing an opening. It was never, give me the ball. It was never that. No, it was about the team. And that's all I've ever heard. I mean, whether that's from Jason Garrett or anybody, they've all said the same thing. Usually when he was going off on the sideline, it was nothing about me, me, me. No. It was us. We need to do this, blah, blah, blah. It was always to something like that. To put last year's injury. No, the re, the, to put last year on Des Bryant is insane. Insane. Let's go with the fact that you had a running back that missed six. Six weeks and when he left your season fell apart because he was accused of a lot of things off the field and the fact that the first seven eight weeks when he could play you didn't know if he was playing until Wednesday or Thursday yeah, right exactly. so that's number one yeah two Dak took a step back in his progression mm-hmm. and it's okay to admit sure. he was not that great of a thrower of the football it didn't look as smooth yeah probably because his running back wasn't there exactly Tyron Smith was injured for the first time that's they lost right. a number of guys there are so many reasons why Dallas and for the VP to drag Dez into this yeah, it's wrong. is unnecessary. Uh-huh. It's like blaming your ex for everything. Yeah. No, 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 no. Maybe you are sloppy because you're sloppy. Right. And and I look at the Cowboys and I go, my issue with the Cowboys continues to be the Jones thing. I'm telling you. What other owners are down there in the Monday morning coaches meeting going, linebackers coach, what do you have to say? Wide receivers coach, get out of there. I know. I know it's your team. I know. Stop micromanaging. But they're acting GM, too. So it's a little different. I can't get mad at them for wanting to get involved in their billion-dollar investment. I, it's, it's annoying at times. Like this is, I don't mind them being down there in the team meetings and stuff like that. I have more of a problem with them doing radio interviews for every Dallas network that calls and, oh, here, I'm going to tell you everything about our team once again. That's where I look at. Listen, Des Bryant's not the guy he used to be. You and I know that. We talked about that a lot last year. Like, when he's one-on-one, he's not a slam dunk to just run by people anymore. That day has come and gone. He probably was frustrated because he did get left one-on-one, and he had a quarterback before this, and Tony Romo, when he saw one-on-one, he just meant, man, I'm going to find some way to get this guy the ball with a creative back shoulder throw or whatever it may be. And 
Dak Des didn't complain about that the first year with Dak because they were 13 and three and the number one seed in the NFC. So everything went good. But last year went off the hinges. The running game wasn't as dominant. And he's going, yeah, I can catch some of these balls. I know I might look like I'm covered, whatever it may be. But now the real thing is, is where do you think he goes? Okay. Yeah, I know you've been doing research. Well, I mean, just where How do you think How many teams did you come up with? I have no inside info. Like, I really don't. Um, the teams that... How I, many? Took, count them up. I think that I, seven teams that maybe make sense to me. Okay. Okay. These and, are Sims's seven teams that make sense for Des Bryant. Number seven. I mean... No specific order. Thank you. Okay. The Browns, of course. Browns, of course. Yes. Corey Coleman, who knows? Yes. Josh Gordon, double who knows? Jarvis Landry needs help. Yes. Could he go to Cleveland? <laughs> uh, Number six. The the Panthers? The Panthers. Boy, him and Cam Newton would be a dynamic duo, relying on rookie DJ Moore, maybe. But their leading receiver is a running back. I know. Devin Funches? That's what I mean. Maybe. Right. But Des Bryant could right. have it done. Yeah, that, that could be an interesting combination. If you have Bryant and Funches on the outside, and you let Greg DJ Olson Moore on the inside, T- then all of a sudden you go, oh. So there's a team I look at and just go, I think they can handle the personality. Yes. I think the offense is not overly creative. And Cam, he can, you're covered. He'll, North he, Turner was once the OC of Dallas. Could they get the Dallas receiver? Chris Sims stole that from Lefko, who totally said Carolina <laughs> early in the process. Number five. Uh, I'll, I'll throw the Seahawks out there as a team. Where I just Seattle go. Seahawks. They've already taken a flyer on old retread Brandon Marshall. Just kidding, Brandon. You're a friend of the show. <laughs> With him, Doug Baldwin, and Tyler Lockett. Could that be a guy? He's used to a scramble drill with Tony Romo. Nobody scrambles with I, Russell Wilson. Right. Like I just say, you know, the Cardinals. Number four, the Cardinals. <laughs> Whether it's Sam Bradford or Josh Rosen, Larry Fitzgerald needs help. Exactly. Smoke has moved on. And who's the number two? Heck, who knows? I'm being <laughs> serious i do not know who the number two receiver is I, it's i know they need help who but, is it uh is it jj nelson number three that's <laughs> yeah, i think it is i think it is I, I gotta look now i'm actually getting a little scared as i'm their, their number their number two receiving threat is david johnson their number three is probably ricky seals jones um hold on i seriously gotta look it's actually driving me crazy i'm looking it up you're a little slow chad williams is the number two uh, also, oh, Christian Kirk, they just drafted oh, at Texas right. A&M, that's right, yep. and they signed Bryce Butler uh, out of Dallas. Damn. But no, Chad Williams was the guy that was running off-season drills with Ocho Cinco uh, this off-season. Where did, where did J.J. Nelson go? J.J. Nelson went to Alabama-Birmingham. But he's on their roster still. Yes. Okay, good. That's what I got scared of. I was like, man, he's am I listed wrong? as their number five behind Larry, Chad Williams, Christian Kirk, Bryce Butler. Oh, okay. Yeah, so... I'm a bourbon this whole show. Christian Christian Kirk is probably the fantasy guy to target. Man, I just, uh, yeah, that's that's not a real impressive group. So that makes sense to me, too. Okay. And then. Number three. Or is that number two? Number number three. three. Uh, the Colts? The Colts. Yes, they have T.Y. Hilton. Sure, they no longer have Dante Moncrief. Do I you know. like Jack Dooley? Doyle? Not that much. Who else do they got there? Uh, nothing impressive. Read I'm going to tell you. I'm going to read them all to you right now. Um, of course, you said you said him. They have Cason Williams. Um, Ryan Grant. Right, from Washington. Good receiver. Right. The Paid kid, a lot of money They drafted for the kid from Clemson, Deion Kane. My question is, you know their GM. Does he fit that what the GM wants to bring in? Probably, he's going to scare them. I think to a degree, he's going to he's going to scare teams because they're just not sure what he is exactly. 
But I just look at them and go. And they added Eric Ebron. So that I I believe that the Colts with Frank Reich are going to be doing a lot of the Eagles they double tight end sets with right. Jack Doyle and Eric Ebron. They're going to have their receiving running back like Naheem Hines, who you really like, and yep. Jordan Wilkins and Marlon Mack. But I look at and that and put, go, they could they, they could, could use absolutely it. they could use it certainly. Yeah, they, but I don't think that's a, a don't think philosophy fit. Yeah, okay, I guess Panthers that. makes a lot of sense. Right, to me. I, and, and this is I threw all teams out there. Yep. And I just felt like so. Is this is this number two or number one? Well, the number one, but number it's not. Specific order, it's just the way I ended up writing them down. But like the Steelers thing is Ooh, interesting. I think that the Steelers secretly have a hole at receiver, and everyone's saying it's it's not that much of a well, hole. Yeah, we're going to depend Antonio on Brown, Eli Rogers, who tore his ACL in the playoff game. They're really relying on James Washington, yes. the rookie out of Oklahoma State, right. and Darius Hayward Bay. You know it's Antonio, you know it's Juju, but you know Darius Hayward Bay is nothing more than a number four, pretty much. And I don't know what you're going to get at James Washington. I know that you're not that high on him. I am not. No, but I look at that team and Antonio. Brown Brown just asked for him to come up. It makes sense to you. It, it does. I mean, it makes sense to me in a in a more in terms of he has a quarterback that he can't talk over. He has a wide receiver that he's not better than, and he's got a head coach, which is the ultimate. I just need your positive energy, and if you're going to be crazy, focus it on the field. I think he's a perfect fit for Pittsburgh. I, I, I agree. I, I think there's a lot of positives there in that situation too, and I also look at it as one of the situations where I go. Like, I think if you look at all the situations, and we just went through Des Bryant's shoes and go, what is the one where he could go and really be a positive contributor? And at the end of the day, when the season's over, people are going to go, mm-hmm. Des Bryant had a good year and he was positive for that football team. Like, the Steelers are a place where I look at and go, he could be that guy because they're going to be in, they're going to be in the thick of things. We know that. If he has some big catches and some big moments, and all of a sudden, like you said, Ben's talking good about him and everybody, AB's talking good about him, all of a sudden the perception gets changed and he gets paid, uh, paid the next year. Yeah. So from that, for just from his standpoint alone, I look at that and the Panthers. Uh, I think, and and probably the Seahawks to go. Well, that's they also can help the, that's out. also the three best quarterbacks yep. of the teams you named. Yep. I think Ben plus Dez could be really dynamic. Just his ability to throw the deep ball. Uh, I will also add personally. Yeah, I am now ready to say I would like the Eagles to sign Dez Bryant. You would, huh? Here's the reason: he would slide in at your number four, which right. I don't think Dez would be willing to do. Alshon's the number one. I think that Nelson is above Dez. At number two, Mike Wallace has his specific role as the take the top off guy, and Dez would be over Mac Hollins, who Mac would play more special teams. But I think about it like this Red Zone, Alshon on one side, Dez on the other side, 50 50, let's go. I know. With all the guys, plus he gets to play Dallas twice a year. Yeah, I know. That's he wants that. I think with this last Twitter rage, couldn't you see him being more motivated? Remember, when he first became a free agent, he yeah. said, NFC's. I'm going to the NFC East. Right. I just don't think – I would love to go to the Eagles. I don't think they will. I don't think so either. I think Washington makes some sense, but I don't. they're going to roll the dice with Paul Richardson well, other and Josh Well, two teams Doxon. I had on like the, the edge of this conversation is that, were the, the Vikings, okay, which I know they have some solid stuff there, right, and with, with Thielen and uh, yeah. or Diggs. But I'm not going to sit there and go, oh, wow, that's an unbelievable group there. He could act, add something there. And the other one I even looked at was the Detroit Lions. I just thought, just from the pure receiving standpoint. I'm surprised you didn't say Green Bay. I, only reason I didn't is just Cobb, Devontae Adams, they got Jimmy Graham. And I don't. I, I really put myself in their shoes to go, well, if they didn't want Jordy Nelson, I don't really understand, like... 
why why they let him go and then get this guy. That doesn't make sense to me. My big teams that I said when he first became a free agent was the Panthers and the Bengals. And I think right. the Bengals are a team that I think could still use him. It's AJ Green and then it's Brandon LaFell. And then it's the man John Ross. So I look at that and go, that's another team that allows you to be yourself. Mm-hmm. Really, every AFC North team, except for the Ravens, because they sign all those guys, yeah. Steelers, Browns, Bengals, could all use them. They I could think. all use them. You're right. It would, it would fit, too. Uh, I, he, he's going to get signed by somebody here soon. Somebody in the about after preseason game number two or three, somebody's going to look at their team and go, okay. It's official. Yeah, we don't have that third receiver or another guy that can you know create create some plays for us. Talking about Dez, talking about the Cowboys, talking about this national anthem. Everybody must stand, or they're not going to be on the oh, team yeah. thing. I also think Dak and Zeke both had quotes in which they were like, "I'm not going to protest. I'm not going to do it. We're America's team." Blah 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 blah. There's also this notion of reinforcing following the Joneses with Des Bryant and how they're treating him. Hey, guys, we're telling you that if you don't get up on that line, you're off the team. And then they're almost reinforcing it by when we cut you, we're going to drag you through the mud. You're not going to sign to another team. Do you think there's any chance that Des Bryant and how they're treating him is reinforcing their command to the team? No, I don't. I look at this more than anything and just go, this is this is what the Cowboys are and who they are. I mean, when you go to the Cowboys, they sell you the Cowboys. We're the Dallas Cowboys. We're America's team. We're the, the thing in the state of Texas. And they get everybody to buy into that. It is a special place to play. There's no doubt about that. I mean, it'd certainly be one of my top picks for organizations to go play for uh, because of that star on the helmet and everything that goes along with it. But they get you to buy into what they are. Tony Romo, Cowboy. He got Des Bryant first round. He was, man, the Cowboys all in. You know, here's Dak Prescott and Zeke Elliott. The Jones have taken them under. You're the face of our franchise. Just keep doing everything right. Be the stand-up guy. So they're drinking the Kool-Aid. And there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with them not making a stance. I'm not going right. to sit here and you be mad at them. You don't have to protest. You don't have to protest. Right. And I think the line that said, step- I'm never going to protest. But I really implore people, listen to the audio of it. And yeah. I might just find it right now. Because it didn't sound like I'm never going to protest. Sure. And, and again... I'll say mine, my two cents about this once again is uh, I'm, I mean, we have to do something about the social injustices of the world. Like, have to. It has to be, there still has to be attention focused on that at all times. And you're going to say that we got to find a different way to do it. Yeah. But now, hold on. T.O. comes out and says that Jerry Jones is being a bully and stripping players of their rights and chance yeah, to participate. Right. And Des pretty much came and confirmed. He said, you really think I wanted to be you know, doing that with Jerry Jones last year? and doing all-? He didn't want to do that either. Yeah, but he did it. Just like everybody else on the team is going to do it this year. So, well, so why didn't he stand up then? So don't, you know, then you should have done it. The Jerry Jones Trump relationship. Kaepernick's lawyer, Mark Garagos, has said it's a partisan political issue. I have proof of it, but I'm under a protective order. People don't actually understand what's happening behind the scenes with the Cowboys and the president. It does seem like Jerry Jones has been fighting battles for Trump. When you really look back at it. Yeah, definitely. When Goodell was going through the stuff with Trump. Jerry Jones sued the league. When Trump made a comment, everybody should stand, Jerry Jones came out and said, my team's going to do it. It really seems like right now, and this is just Kaepernick's lawyer kind of putting it out there, there is an alliance between Jerry Jones and Trump. 
And and it seems, and look, they, they took all their phone records, and he said, I'm not allowed to say anything because I'm under protective order, but I know some things, and it's against the law. Yeah. So it, I don't know, man, it, I, I could, I couldn't, as a player, I'm not an NFL player, I was never an NFL player, but it's I would a, have a hard time knowing yeah. that this was happening. I know. And, and having my owner applaud it if I did not support what the president was saying. Right. The NFL player in me and most of these NFL players, I, I, yeah, I want to be like, you know, okay, yeah, fuck you then, I'm kneeling. Sorry. Oh, yeah, you said I couldn't kneel, Jerry? Sorry. I'm kneeling. Like, yeah, you're talking about a bunch of guys who are alpha males that don't want to be told what they can do right. with their freedom and things like that. So that's going to bother people. Only thing I'm pushing it back is the same thing I always push back. Ratings were down. I don't want to see the players get hurt. And ultimately, they're the ones that are going to get hurt here because Mr. President is going to change the story as usual. And nobody, nobody even knows the story anyways. So we just got to go, we got to find something else. My thing is, if you don't want to tell them to stand up for the anthem, Jerry Jones, fine. But start figuring out a freaking solution and some progressive thoughts on what you're going to do to get some of these things out that the players are concerned about. Yeah. And that's what has to happen. Players are going to have to start really sharing their personal stories and some of the gruesome things they've seen happen. I, I really think it's this. I think with the the protesting during the anthem and this anthem policy, which is going back... I think that when it started, the conversation would go, you're disrespecting the flag. I'm trying to bring awareness. Mm -hmm. And I think that the I don't think that our society has officially come up with a way of supporting the players in this fight for awareness and to fighting this to, 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 to the claims that are very factual that of police abuse towards African-Americans. But now I think what's happened is the shift is not, they're no longer kneeling for awareness. I think it's almost become, we are now kneeling to disagree with Trump. Yes, I think Because so Trump has now made it, oh, you're standing, you support me. And I think that it's, We've always talked about him hijacking and ambushing and all that. But I really think now players are in a really precarious situation because now if they stand out there, Trump is going to claim victory. And some of these players are going to like Russia. And these poll, well, that's not a player. That's a country. Oh, that's who he roots for. Yeah. But I'm saying that these players are going to they don't want to be seen as. OK, I'm going to try and clear it like this. When if you talk to an athlete and you say, what's one thing you want people to know about you? They want to say, I'm more than just an athlete. But now, if they stand there, since no one's listening to these guys after the games, that action is now speaking for them. And they're trying to go, I'm not happy, and this is an action that I'm being forced to do. And I don't want to do it because I don't agree. I, I think the whole bringing awareness... People like Malcolm Jenkins and a lot of these players are continuing to fight the fight. I don't think that the NFL accomplished enough with their little they actions. Haven't done they haven't done anything. No, the NFL and the NFLPA. That's yeah. that's at the end of the day, like what you're saying. They, they, like it's not about society either. I mean, yeah, sure, society can contribute, but they got to find a way to figure it out. The NFL and the NFLPA got to figure. All right, you're going to make everybody stand. That's fine, but you better have some avenue to where some of these stories get out and the players can tell their side. For me, I remember the. 
Browns last year, when they came out, they played a video of all the work they've done in the community yeah. with police and all that stuff. Right. For me, this is a part of NFL games that is going to get very awkward at the, the National Anthem. And what I think you do is, before the National Anthem, every Tuesday, there should be something done to bring awareness to this. Some form of in the community, some form of society, and that video is played on the TV before the anthem. It's not during the anthem, but I need a five-minute feature about something the team is doing to bring the community together, and now that we've shown you we're bringing awareness, now we're going to ceremonially stand for the anthem. I think the troubling thing with the anthem is this. When you do something your entire life, it feels weird to suddenly stop. Mm -hmm. Kids, when I was growing up, kindergarten, first grade, second grade, third grade, when the anthem was played, you stood and you did it. It wasn't for me. I wasn't like thinking about the country. It was just because it's ingrained in you. Yeah. And I think that it's it's upsetting to a lot of people, but I think I'm not hearing the next steps. I'm hearing, you don't know why they're doing this, and you're being unpatriotic. And we haven't gotten to that third layer, which is, what are we actually doing? It's the same thing over and over again. I know. But college football is not on the field for the anthem. Really? Yeah, they on American. I don't know. There must be an American. See, for me, it's not even American, un-American. I, I, think, I think it gets down to but, this thing now, which yeah, is the most interesting, which is the Trump-Jerry Jones connection, which is, is this man acting out the wishes secretly of the guy, of the president, who has been openly waging war with Roger Goodell and the NFL? The NFL has told Jerry Jones, no more talk about the anthem, ever. But as we talked about before, it's really hard for him not not to say anything. It's really hard mm -hmm. because he's the most important person in right. that state in right. his mind. Right. I mean, is he going to get fined? He's broken. He's breaking an NFL rule. The rule says that you can't. They just set the rule. You, if the players want to stay in the locker room, they can. But he's telling them no. So why doesn't he get fined? I don't understand that. Why has that already been levied? Mm. That's he needs to be fined for sure. Yeah. He's breaking NFL protocol. Like if you're going to hold the players to the letter of the law and we're going to suspend players because they ducked their head by accident as they were getting hit by a Mack truck, then man, the owner who's breaking the rules in plain day and just throwing it in the NFL's face, they yes. better find him. I hope also I we've had a lot of fans anytime we have a discussion like this, some will reach out and say thank you for having civil discourse. I disagree with you guys yeah. a lot, right. but I appreciate you having the discussion. All right, cool. We we have been very open about where we stand, but I I think with this discussion, so often it gets turned into right or wrong. I don't think there is a right or wrong. No. I think that there's just not enough listening and there's not enough discussion behind you're unpatriotic and you're not listening. And I, I, I don't know what I would do as an NFL player. I know. Because they are the ones that are under attack. And every Sunday, they're going to be the ones that we're watching and judging and critiquing. And all the people in the stands are, are free from judgment. And the owners are free from judgment. And the front office is free from judgment. And the training staff and everybody. And the only people that we're going to be watching are the 53. Who comes out of the locker room late? Who's kneeling? Who sticks up their fist? Well, yeah, it's, it's definitely not going to go away. I mean, yes. I mean, the president's going to tweet about it like once every two weeks for sure. So it's And never, we know that's a distraction anyway. option. Yeah. 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 It's, uh, you know, we're ending our show with the anthem because I know how a lot of you guys feel about it. But, you know, if if there's ways for solutions, you know what? We could be an agent of change. I am. If you guys have ideas out there, I'd love to hear them. Yeah, I, I would love to hear them, too. I, I really you guys come out with great ideas. Yeah, I, I think that would be something cool because I'm legitimately sick of talking about this. Like, I've actually 
hit my end. Like I'm like, man, I've had I've had it. And like I'm just So I'm if I'm gonna so open s- myself up to the audience yeah. and I'm gonna open myself up to you, yeah. that's where I get scared. Yeah. Uh because I am I get tired of it too. I get tired of hearing the same points, but I also know that when you stop voicing your opinion yes, I know. is kind of the point. That's right. the reason you bring it up every week and every right. two weeks. Yep. Um I love football. You love football. Mm-hmm. I want to do a show where we just throw footballs at things. Like, that's really what I want to do. Yeah. This is high-level shit. Is. This is CNN, MSNBC, Fox News shit that I don't watch. I don't. I read certain people. I check things out. But, like, I fucking read football 24-7. Mm-hmm. And so do I feel qualified to talk about this shit all the time? I really don't. I do. But at the same point, that's good for you. I'm really proud of you. But I watch all those shows. I watch all momentum, of them. Momentum, momentum, you're momentum, gonna momentum, momentum. You're going to get to a, you're going to get to this age where you're going to go, "Man, when did I get watching the news as fun years old?" That's when you're gonna like, "Well, my when problem did is watching I the debate on the years news? old is fun." Like, I was a news reporter, yeah. so I know how much of it is bullshit. Yeah. Like, oh my god. Yeah, a lot so, of it is. I just I, I I sympathize for the NFL athlete because I don't know what I would do. I really don't. If I was someone that really believed in certain things and, and felt like I had to stand up and I was an alpha male that my entire life I've been celebrated for my pursuit and my undying will, it would be really hard for, for grown men to go, see, I told him to do that. And then someone being like, yes, thank you for falling in line. Yeah. That would be really hard. It would be really hard. And there, you know, there's only, there's only a handful of players, I think, in the sport that could really change the overall perception of the you know Donald Trump and his supporters and all that too. And I do go back to like when you hear some of the players talk about it, you need some of the white stars to speak up. Like I mean if if JJ Watt or Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady started to speak up, I think it would bring in a whole new listener to the argument to where they'd go, "Huh. If Aaron Rodgers started every press conference with I'd like to bring up an example of something in our community that is good that we're working on or something that is happening that is upsetting. Mm -hmm. And I'm not going to answer football questions until we do something on this. I don't know if it will work. I don't know either. But I'd like them to try. I know. All right. That got a little heavy. Uh, we will be back on Wednesday, of course. Uh, Sims and I just found out we're going on a little road trip next road week. Road trip. So next Wednesday might actually the be Golden on the Golden Gate edition. Yes. Oh, man. Back to life. The Golden Gate episode. I, if we're out there, oh man, <laughs> lost in the history of time, the annals of time. Josh has his two buttons unbuttoned today. Whoa, show a little taco meat. Whoa, big Monday. For Sims. Peace out, homies. For Fendrick, good, good evening. evening. And for the L-E-F-K-O-E. Man. We appreciate you guys. We love you. Hit us always on social, at Sims and Lefko. Slide into the DMs if you're nasty. And we will holler at you guys. S-L-F-L, y'all are the shit. We'll talk to you later.